He's handsome and smart. A true blue Jetson Knights fan. A part of Australia's Hollywood royalty. From General Hospital to Occupation Rainfall, NCIS LA to All Saints. Newcastle Live Radio's very own Nova Castrian in Hollywood. It's time to cross to LA to catch up with Zach Garrod. Now, I keep talking about how uh, we're getting this massive cold front coming through very, very soon. Eddie Cross is down in Tassie. He said it is six degrees and possible snow about four o'clock down to 300 metres. It's a bit chilly here, but what's it like in LA? Good morning and welcome, Zach Garrett. I think the only place where it's chilly is the freezer in our in our kitchen at the moment. It's 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 quite it's quite the opposite. It's it's quite warm and it's just we we did however have this odd thing this morning. The marine layer came in. Thankfully, we haven't seen the marine layer like for two three weeks. And just to reacquaint listeners, the the marine, the marine layer is generally what keeps Los Angeles cool. Like the humidity of the night sits on the valley and the basin and keeps the sunlight out till about midday. And and, and usually you have a cooler day on the back of that. Um, but it smelled like smoke this morning. And there was this real dense smell of smoke. Yeah. And the IFD actually put out a statement saying, look, uh, there's a strong smoky smell across Los Angeles. Everyone went, well, you know, in some parts of LA, that's pretty common. That's pretty um, normal, yeah. <laughs> yeah as, a, as a rule, yeah, different kinds of smoke, yeah. but smoky nonetheless. Um, and, yeah, they actually had to put a statement out saying, we're actually not sure where this has come from. Nothing's on fire as far as we can see, but, uh, yeah. So it actually turns out what's most likely occurred is um, some of the fires up north have had some of the smoke drift down uh, the coast towards uh, Southern California because there's bad fires still currently burning up in the north. Oh, still going. Yeah, oh, yeah, they've been going on for, for quite some time now. Wow. So are they, they up yeah. near, uh, are they closer up to, uh, to Sacramento, up near San Francisco area, or are they further up than that? Exactly. No, exactly right, Tracy. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're around northeast Sacramento. They're sort of in the northeastern area of California, closer towards the Oregon border, um, because they've been working really diligently to save the redwoods. But they had a lot of notice this year to get in there and kill a lot of the, the vegetation around the redwood area just to minimise the threat. It's just awful, isn't it? I mean, we haven't even had a chance to do any of our back burning because it's been so wet. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. And judging by what the bomber said this week, mm. it, it could continue that way. Yes, it is, my friend. We're getting polar weather coming in at us. Yeah, just just some fun, yeah. you know. Now, speaking of fun, um, one of my uh, – I'm not a Republican supporter, as, as most people would know, but uh, yeah. pretty devastating that uh, Liz Cheney has lost her, uh, her nomination. That's, uh, that's really sad. She's, she's quintessentially the, I mean, it's, it's quite incredible that someone with the surname Cheney mm. <laughs> is actually gaining sympathy over here when you consider how quite, uh, how quite malicious and you might even say Machiavellian uh, Dick Cheney was mm. during his reign as vice president. Um, he, was the, he was essentially the string puller in the Bush administration. He wanted to oversee energy and the military and all those kinds of things. And Liz is, of course, from, from that family. Um, but she's quite highly regarded because she is your quintessential... Stars and stripes cut from the cloth mm. of uh, your, your, your sort of federalist, traditionalist American Republican. Mm. Um, you know, full-blown mum and apple pie, Reaganomics kind of kind of believer. Now, this week she actually lost her primary in Wyoming. Now, I was in Wyoming last year, and I actually spoke to uh, the, the former mayor of Casper, who I actually struck up a mm. friendship with when I was in in Casper, and, and she was saying it was quite a strange feeling across town. It was a really weird night because she has been representing this uh, representing Wyoming for oh, goodness gracious for the better part of oh, I think it's only I think it's only ten years I think, mm. but she lost 
to a woman called Harriet Hagman, who was an attorney from Wyoming, and you're full on Trump lost. Trump won the election, mm. but it was stolen and pushing the big lie. Uh, Republican, so she's this new contemporary GOP archetype that has taken the seat of your traditional GOP archetype. So it's a real problem, and mm. her and Liz Cheney being usurped out of that really does show the deep-seated issues within the GOP right now that really uh, could be deeply problematic should they regain the presidency in 2024. Because right now you've got people out there, even stalwarts in the party like Mitch McConnell and others, who are still refusing to condemn a lot of what Donald Trump has been saying about the FBI and uh, and law enforcement. And, of course, you've got the other extremists who tend to get a lot more airtime, unfortunately, than most of the moderates. Um, even though I still can't believe we're referring to Liz Cheney as a moderate. I, I know. That's the is. bizarre thing. <laughs> yeah, she, she is. She's like, well, the Constitution is this. The election wasn't stolen. America has a flawed but decent democratic system. All this is nonsense. However, what this may do is free up a run at the presidency for her because it's looking quite likely that it's going to be between DeSantis and even Gavin Newsom from the, uh, for the Democrats is gaining some traction. Now, if it comes in between Newsom and, and DeSantis, that's going to be a, quite an incendiary mm. uh, uh, presidential race. But Liz Cheney, I think, can at the very, very least, bring some decency and some respectability mm. back, to, back to the GOP, where it, they've ju- it's just evaporated in all these times of pushing the big lie. It's just horrendous, and uh, you know when uh, when you look at Liz Cheney, thank God we have had her because uh, you know the January six uh, inquiry. Yes. Thank God she's been there for that because otherwise, you know, no other Republicans really seem to to care two hoots about it. That's exactly right. Yes, yeah. so she's the chairwoman of the January six committee, and it's her and I think a guy named Ratzinger from um, from Illinois, who are the only two uh, GOP members on that bench. And of course, they've been quite vocal and very forthright with their criticism of not just Trump, but the entire administration that led to the January 6th insurrection, an attempted coup. And that's what it was. It was an attempted mm. coup. Um, and she's she's been really steadfast in her uh, in her uh, her rhetoric about it, and also maintaining again the decency of what the Republican Party was supposed to stand for, which is the American Constitution is sacrosanct. Our elections are to be protected. Things that American values stand upon. These are bedrocks of American uh, institution of the American political institution. But it's been completely eroded by what we're seeing within the Trump within the Trump um, side of the GOP. So she has been a necessary and vital voice for the um, for the post January six introspection. It's really it's quite bizarre. What's the latest after that FBI raid? What's going on now? Look, it's still ongoing. Basically, the, the next step right now is, is unsealing the actual... Uh, the, the warrant was released, but they're actually unsealing one of the... I think it's the original application for the warrant, something like that. They're, they're, they're looking at pursuing that, but the biggest issue right now is actually the safety around the FBI officers. Mm-hmm. So when the warrant was released, as we uh, when we talked last week, we talked about how the Cincinnati FBI office was targeted by somebody. Someone at the Capitol building drove their car up and opened fire and shot themselves in front of the Capitol building. And there are extremists flooding TikTok and Twitter with rhetoric that is essentially insurrectionists, you know, out there speaking in vagaries when they say things like, oh, you guys know what we have to do now. 
But they're, of course, what their inference is, it's, it's time to pick up arms and fight back. Against what? For yeah. what? Yeah. I don't have a clue. It's basically, they're essentially just freebasing QAnon, <laughs> QAnon mm. uh, threads. Let's just internet. go for it. Now, the one I'm really yeah, so looking right, right, forward yeah. to uh, to this week is uh, Rudy Giuliani is uh, is expected to, uh, to be, uh, well fronting some kind of a public uh, public inquiry into uh, into the Georgia election interference. Now, that's going to be fun, isn't it? Yes. So Giuliani and Lindsey Graham have been fighting tooth and nail to avoid fronting up the Georgia Attorney General. Um, and they're basically they're conducting an investigation into the infamous, uh, he would say, co- attempted coercion of Donald Trump after the election where he called up and he famously asked, so you, we just have to find 11,000 votes. Mm. That's we just what, have to find them. Requested. Yeah, we just have to find 11,000 votes, which is essentially, <laughs> it's pretty tin pot dictator rhetoric. Let's, be, let's call it what it is. <laughs> um, and the Georgia Attorney General and, of course, the Governor George uh, Brian Kemp, who has received a lot of criticism from Trump, even though Kemp himself is a deeply flawed politician, um, it, they have been quite, again, uh, robust and resolute in their pursuit of justice on the back of this. So they've been summoning, so uh, Giuliani and Lindsey Graham have both been subpoenaed to appear in front of the Attorney General, uh, I think it's a grand jury actually, Mm -hmm. they have to front the grand jury in Georgia as this inquest um, is undertaken because Giuliani was essentially the architect, (laughs) He, he was more or less the conduit for Trump to try to win Georgia. You know, everybody remembers they targeted mm. Pennsylvania and Georgia because they were the two that they thought were most likely to go their way. So this is, again, really, really serious. And, again, this could, could result in criminal conduct charges of Rudy Giuliani, of which he's already facing a few. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, he should face. Uh, he should definitely face charges for that hair dye. That That's the first one he should face charges for. Oh, the, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a crime against fashion. That's <laughs> it really is. <laughs> the, most, the most reprehensible at all. <laughs> <laughs> Now, North Texas, as you know, I, I don't. I love Texas. Um, I think it gets a really unfair rap. Um, I, in particular, I, I love uh, you know down down Austin way. Um, you know, I've spent some time yeah. in Dallas. I've spent some time in Houston. Now, they're not traditional Texas, are they? They're kind of you know they're, they're metropolitans. They're they're great, but North Texas. I am stunned with this. They've they've banned an illustrated diary of Anne Frank along with copies of the Bible? Copies of really? the Bible? Really? I, 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 look, it was one of those things that popped up this week. I was chatting to a mate of mine over here, and it popped up this week in the conversation. You said, are, are we, are, I was like, are you actually sure? Are you positive? Mm. And she said to me, yeah, yeah, dude, it's on NPR, and she showed it to me. I couldn't believe it. So it's around Fort Worth. Mm. There's a, district in North, a school district in North Texas around Fort Worth, and school is going back right now. This is following essentially on the back of... <laughs> Ron DeSantis' crusade against the Stop, on the back of the Stop Woke Act. Mm. So Ron DeSantis introduced an act in Florida called the Stop Woke Act, which is essentially to stop wokeism in schools. I don't even know what that means. No. I really do not know. Generally, it's they've banned books like To Kill a Mockingbird, for example. Anything that, dis- that discusses sensitive and serious issues that are embedded in American history. They are essentially trying to stop any discourse around it. I, I, I really have no idea why. It would be like us not learning about the stolen generation, for example. Now, the reason that they barred these books in northern Texas uh, was supposedly because it was going to introduce LGBTIQ theory and beliefs and also sexualize teenagers. I, I, I don't know how you get that out of, out of the, the diary of Anne Frank, 
you know, <laughs> where she yeah. talks from a first-person point of view of a prisoner in the attic, and if that's what you're taking out, sorry, not prisoner in the attic, she was hiding out mm. in an attic from the Nazis, and if you take that out of that book, you've completely missed the point of it. Then also they've banned copies of the Bible, the, 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 the book that supposedly they draw all their beliefs, and of course supposedly America is founded upon, um, because, because it, uh, it, it, it introduces LGBTIQ theory. So then if LGBTIQ theory is in the book that it forms the basis of the religion that most of the United yeah. States, you know, believes, or at least draws its values from, then surely it can't be that big a deal, right? Can we close that loop, people? But no. Uh, no, obviously they can't close that loop. <laughs> this is the world we're in now where... They're so, and this is why it has nothing to do with values. It has nothing to do with values. It's got nothing to do with religion. It's got nothing to do with theology. It all comes down to people essentially just standing up against things that they they're just being antagonistic. Mm. That's the best way to describe it. Oh, do they not see the irony? Do yeah. they not see the <laughs> irony? Now, somebody else, uh, another Aussie is grabbing some attention over there, and I must admit I was quite stunned myself when I saw this, that an episode of Bluey has been dropped from Disney+. Plus. <laughs> really? Are you guys that sensitive that you can't have Bluey? Yeah, again, it's sort of about priorities, right, people? Um, so Bluey is hugely popular over mm. here. American kids love Bluey, and I get a bit of a, I get a bit of a buzz out of it when I see you know Bluey being so so absorbed by American kids. They love it. Like kids are calling American kids are calling breakfast Brecky because Aww. of Bluey. I love so it. Our rhetoric, right? So our rhetoric, yeah. our language is seeping into them, and they love it. And of course, adults love it too because it's multifaceted. You know, Bluey speaks to adults and speaks to kids. It's very very clever. There's an episode which involves. A fart. That's it. And it's supposed, it, it revolves around the father who farted in the vicinity of Bluey, the, the, the title character of the show, and she takes her father to trial over the fart that may, have, that may or may not have occurred. <laughs> Disney Plus... I know. Yeah, Disney Plus said that it went against their standards and practices. So they pulled the episode. Now, W. Kamau Bell, who's a, a wonderful journalist over here, an African-American journalist on CNN who does an incredible show called United Shades of America, is a huge Bluey fan, and his kids love it. And he was tweeting about it this week, saying, you know, what happened to that episode? It was really funny. Mm. And then, of course, the news broke that Disney Plus had actually pulled it because they thought it was too controversial. Now, they've done this again, too. There's actually an episode where there's a very subtle joke between two parents talking about having a vasectomy. The two fathers are talking about having a vasectomy, but they're dogs. So there's a good joke in there about being able to keep them, if you know what I mean. Mm. Now, th th they've dubbed that, so it sounds like they're talking about teeth. So this sort of... This, this, so our kids... It's very funny, so, our, so it makes it even funnier. Our kids in Australia are watching this and going, oh, I don't know what that is, whatever, but the parents are watching going, that's really funny. Yeah. Like I said, the fart thing. Everybody thinks it's really funny, but over here... They go, oh, well, I don't know. Like, do kids really need to learn about that? Because, of course, kids don't find farts funny at all. They've never found No, not at all. Ever, not, ever, ever, ever. No, no, poos and farts are yeah. not, uh, not funny at all. No, well off limits. But people have, of course, rightly pointed out, cool, so in America, let's let everybody have a gun, you know, mm. and it's no big deal if an, if an elementary school gets shut up in Texas, in Albany, Texas, whatever. We just shrug our shoulders and move on. But sure, let's drop the kids' show that has the word that has farts in it. Oh, my God. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. We're talking with Zach Garrett live from L.A. This is also Disney Plus. You know, that is the station that has Sons of Anarchy on it. And they're yeah. going to drop an episode yeah. of 
bluey because it uses the word farts. Yeah, it, it's it's very it's very very strange. I don't and know what's going again, on with Disney. Sort of, well, I remember when I was younger, I, I saw Ren and Stimpy. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, and, and the word hell was beeped out. I remember asking my dad, I was like, why, did they, why can't they say hell? And dad's like, well, you know, the Americans find that a, a swear word. And in parts of Alabama, when we visit Alabama, Allison always says to me, what's your goddamns when we go to Alabama? <laughs> what's your goddamns so, and your Jesuses and your gods? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Well, what, what's your goddamn language? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> try, try working yeah. for a bishop and having to watch your language, my friend. <laughs> That's a next level. <laughs> Wow, that that is incredible. Uh, that's vigilance on your behalf that oh. I don't think I could possibly reach, Tracy. <laughs> now, there's yeah, a, this, this yeah, it's crazy. Happening. It's absolutely nuts. Now, um, there's a lot of chat, obviously, around the place here at the moment about uh, what we're going to do with Derby Street, what we're going to do with, with Beaumont Street. You know, they're talking about getting rid of some of the parking spaces and expand dining and walking. And look, I think it would be fantastic in Derby Street. It would be brilliant. We're yes, going to we're going to yeah. have the usual. You know, no, you can't take our car parks away we need to be able to park straight out the front it's um it's happened over there hasn't it i mean um santa monica it's it's big over there in santa monica you know we we have we have kind of gone down this path with with the hunter street mall but this is going to be a little bit different how have you find the experience over there it, it's fantastic. Uh, but, I mean, we should also clarify, too, that LA is a city built around the car. Mm. Everybody here has to drive. Our, our public transportation is limited at best. Um, but yes, Newcastle still doesn't have the public infrastructure that, you know, I think would be great there, like expanding the tram and stuff mm. like that. But it is still small enough and accessible enough to drive around really easily. Now, the way we get around it here is Ubers are really cheap, for one. Yeah. Um, secondly, there's park and ride facilities. So you park your, plate, your, your, your car at one area and you can catch a bus in. Um, but places like Santa Monica Boulevard between Fairfax, oh, sorry, no, I tell a lie, La Cienega and Robertson, the biggest area of West Hollywood there, like Rocco's and these huge restaurants and bars, have taken over parking spaces out the front that were worth the, you know, that were worth the, 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 the price of the property mm-hmm. almost because they wanted to expand dining facilities for the pandemic. So we went through this philosophy really early in the pandemic because we had to, because, you know, the, the virus here was rampant, as we know, and it was a horrible experience. But businesses to survive annexed parking spaces on the street to expand dining. And it's wonderful because it gives a vibrancy to life out here because L.A. was once a very indoor kind of city. You know, everybody was indoors at nightclubs and restaurants and bars. Now it's opening outdoors. So even in Spring Street in downtown Los Angeles, they've closed a lot of roads to just single-lane traffic so that people can ride scooters around, electric scooters and Mm -hmm. things like that. They can ride their bikes around. So it's helped redevelop places around Skid Row and open lofts up in these huge buildings. And people don't need a car. They can just get around downtown really, really easily. So, yes, L.A. is a metropolis, an absolute metropolis. But these pockets of cities like Santa Monica, West Hollywood, downtown Los Angeles, and even Studio City on Ventura Boulevard, have been adopting this for some time in a city where we really, we really do rely on our cars to get around. But ultimately, it's given a wonderful life and vibrancy to the streets. It reminds me of places like Galway and Ireland, you know, where people just walk around the streets. London has done this, Paris has done this, Amsterdam has had this for decades. So this is really not a new philosophy, and I think a town like Newcastle, particularly stretches of Derby Street, like, you know, just around about the, the Dell there, which I know has been in the news a lot lately, yeah, just <laughs> up to the bookshop. Yeah, you know, that kind of area is perfect for this idea. 
Um, and ultimately, you're not losing a huge amount of parking space. So we're talking maybe on Santa Monica Boulevard, maybe 10 to a dozen. Mm. Ventura Boulevard, probably the same. And probably there, it's not that different either. So we're not talking a huge loss, but it does make a huge difference to the character of the place. Yeah, that's really interesting because um, what they're talking about is uh, basically from, uh, let me get the exact location. So they're, they're talking between Sanctum and Goldberg's Restaurant. So, you know, about... Okay. Yeah, so not not a huge area, but... Um, it's but like a block, yeah. yeah, it's a block and, uh, you know, it, it could work really well and especially the work started on the art gallery now. So, you know, that expansion yeah. work has started. It would be beautiful to be able to sit out and, and just enjoy the ambience of Derby Street. And, uh, yeah, I think... I agree with you. I think it could work. You are definitely going to get the the naysayers who say no, no, we won't be able to park out the front. But it doesn't, yeah, it, it makes sense to do it. It does, and look, in all seriousness, guys, like if LA can do it and yeah. still <laughs> and survive through that, and we've had it for three years now, Newcastle can be very comfortable. And when the pandemic ended, that was one conversation, well, ended, I shouldn't say that, when the restrictions began to wind back over here, they began to talk about, like, what do you want to do about this? Mm. Do you want to keep the outdoor dining? And Pasadena, Long Beach, Studio City, Santa Monica, all these places all went, yes, we want to keep this, please. So then all the, the, city, um, the city and council representatives just changed the rules and regulations, so they could. So it's um, it, it's made a huge difference to, to life over here. It gives life to the streets, um, and it's wonderful at summertime. And Derby Street, you know, down there between November and February, oh. it'll be spectacular. It'll be a really, really good thing. It will be absolutely fantastic. Now, the other next time you're home, and I know you, you're due home in October. Um, speaking of Derby Street, there there is a new uh, yeah. new tourist attraction that you you do need to go and have a look at. It's uh, oh, it's, it? it's it's inside the Delaney. And it's uh, it's a lovely plaque, and it, it, it's a gold plaque, and uh, it reads the Kalem Ponga and Kurt Mann Memorial Toilet. On the 12th of the 8th, 2022, Kalen celebrated a house purchase, vomited, and Kurt helped his friend. So you're going to have to go oh, and have a look at that. Kurt. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a better. That's almost a better tourist. Now we don't have the Queen's Wharf Tower anymore. No. This is this is something that could make yeah, up for that. I think you know? so. And, and good on Kurt, man, for being such a good friend to oh. hold Kaylin's hair back like that. We all need that kind of friend. We going do, out. we do, and, and also yeah. hold, hold. You know, obviously he had to hold the drinks and the hair back. So that's tough. a lot. Yeah, it, it definitely lot. deserves a plaque. I think. Yeah, it, it's plaque worthy. It very much is. I hope it stays there. <laughs> oh my God! Really, really. It, it's yeah, getting beyond a yeah. joke now, isn't it? Some of the crap that's going on one. over here. <laughs> yeah, mate, bring, bring on the yeah. uh, the Newcastle Jet season. That's about all I can say at the moment regarding the Newcastle Knights. Uh, I'm very, I'm very, very much looking forward to that. That's that's something that I, I'm really thrilled about. But the game yesterday, I sat up and watched it last night. We we got up some friends, then we came out and watched it. And I watched the first half, and it was fantastic. Mm. And Alison actually said to me, "Babe, it's really late. Can you keep it down?" And then by the second <laughs> half, Ali she, she she said to me, "Are you okay? You're really quiet." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it was yeah. it was definitely a story of, of uh, two halves yes. playing two halves. Were you screaming though when when Edric Lee went across and almost scored that uh, that golden point one? Were you watching that? I, I was sort of frozen in disbelief. I, I was I didn't want to get excited. I didn't want to get my hopes up. I just thought, <laughs> oh, oh, and then I just went, oh, I don't know, I just don't know, and. Yeah, yeah, in the end, I just sort of kept my emotions reserved oh, so I don't get hurt again. Good, yeah, you, you can't, mate. You, you've got to keep that heart locked down when it comes to the Newcastle Knights. Now, the other one, did you watch the uh, the NRLW at all, or, or had you given up by that stage? Had you had enough? No, I, it was, I, I was well and truly uh, ready, really ready for bed by then, but it looks fantastic. The girls have done wonderfully. Mm. They've done so well. 
absolutely First fantastic, win. isn't it? Yeah, just great. Yeah. Considering we had not one single win last year, to uh, to beat yeah. the Brisbane Broncos, one of the the powerhouse teams, to beat them thirty two fourteen. Wow. Yeah, that was really comfortable. Is Alana Pierce the halfback? Is that correct? Yes. Uh, no, no, yeah, sorry, okay, Je- cool. no, yeah. Jesse was the halfback. The seventeen-year-old. Thank you. Yes, the seventeen-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Seventeen. I know. Scored oh scored the first try in in under three minutes, and uh, yeah, yeah, wow, seventeen years of age and uh, got a huge future ahead of her, and already got a gold oh, medal. Well, good on her. Well, look, I tell you what, Peter Parr need not look for a halfback from West Tigers. Leave Luke Brooksby. Just bring Jesse across to the men's team. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I'm with you there. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. it, it, it can only get better from here, surely. It really can, mate. It really can only get better, that's for sure. <laughs> well, listen, thank you so much for your time. I do actually have Peter Parr on tomorrow, so I will put that to oh, him. wonderful. Yes, I'll, I'll put that yeah. to him, that uh, our correspondent from uh, from L.A., a former, you know, former West boy, would would like to see Jesse Southwell go in, in as halfback for the, uh, for the men's side. I'll see what he thinks about that. Yes. And, and given Peter's history with South Newcastle, I'm sure he's very happy to hear someone from West give him advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me both, mate. You and me both. Shush, shush. That, sometimes you and I need to keep that West connection. You know, we need to keep that that on the down low that we follow West. Yeah. We really need to keep it's that resonant. quiet. Yeah. yeah. Shush, shush, shush. yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> we'll keep it between us. <laughs> yes, just, just between us. Well, listen, you stay safe over there. You have a wonderful uh, rest of the week. Love to Ali and uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Catch you next week, Tracy. Always a pleasure. Thanks, mate. Bye. That is Zach Garrett who joins us each and every Monday live from LA. It's a very interesting perspective, isn't it, around uh, around that uh, Derby Street precinct and what they're looking to do there. They've done it in some of the biggest areas of LA, as Zach was saying. When you're talking Santa Monica and uh, and you're talking Ventura and you're talking inside LA itself, wow, maybe we're onto something. From what's on to what matters, it's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning, only on Newcastle Live.